Hey, all you listeners, it's Maylee Thomas. I've got a guest, A-Ride, in the house today. Um, a country artist that's got a little bit of blues and rock as well, and I really dig his sound. He's a proficient guitar player and a great singer-songwriter as well. So he goes by the name of A-Ride, and I'll have him right here with me right after this. I'm going to sing a song called I Keep Falling perfect for this time of year because it's coming up on valentine's and my husband and i love that holiday or at least i do i always get a beautiful love note from him and it's just a beautiful way to be reminded that we're still in love and this song is a song that he actually started writing for me called i keep falling meaning he keeps falling in love with me every day and i hope that's how you feel about your significant other as well so we'll be right back with a right right here on texas homegrown music
Well, here we are back on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, A. Wright, um, Anthony, but A. Wright is what you go by uh, musically. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. So um, I, I got your information from, um, I guess, I don't know if it's your management company or, or, or a promoter, but I, I would like for you to tell me a little bit about yourself. I know, I think you're from Austin area. Is that correct? And, um, and maybe that's just where you've transplanted to and from somewhere else. But I'd love to hear your journey to get to this music place that you're at right now in, uh, in Austin and also out with some new music. So let's, let's hear from you, honey. Sure. So, yeah, my name is Anthony Wright, but I go by A. Wright for my stage name. I'm actually based out of a town called uh, Shirts, Texas, which is in between San Antonio and New Braunfels. Okay. But I do a lot of traveling. I, I usually do a lot of stuff up and down 35, so San Antonio, New Braunfels, Austin, San Marcos, hit the hill country as well. Um, yeah, I've been I've been doing this about 10 years now, um, just going around and playing music. Uh, I finally started doing like some solo gigs a couple of years ago when COVID hit and uh, discovered I actually can do a decent solo set. So I've been expanding doing that too. But yeah, no, I've, I've been doing this about 10 years. I've uh, been writing about 10 years as well, but I really kind of started picking up in the last three to four years and have been trying to get a bit more uh, active and proficient uh, about releasing you know, my own music whatnot and so far i've got a couple lined up so well i um i listened you know of course i've got some of your newer songs that you've just released but i also listened to your acoustic record that you put out a couple years ago and i feel like i i sat there listening to this and i I just have to give you kudos on the production of it because i felt like i was just sitting in a room in a singer-songwriter night and um i was just really impressed with the way it came across anthony i mean first of all you've got an incredible voice it's just so silky smooth and easy to listen to and you it seems like you just effortlessly are able to hit some of these notes so uh give me a little background about you and and you know what was the what was the impetus that got you involved in playing and, and writing music well i appreciate the uh the compliments particularly the voice i've been a, a guitar player much longer than i've been a a singer so i i very much appreciate that um i so I was about three years old, and, and I think I was doing something. My dad kept a lot of guitars under my bed, and I didn't know. And then I guess one day he went in, he picked out a guitar from under the bed, and uh, I don't know, it just, something about the way it sounded, something about it just really kind of encapsulated me, and I, and I really liked it uh, for whatever reason. And uh, by the time I was five, uh, my parents had bought me a, an acoustic guitar, nylon string, and uh um, they signed me up for lessons. I was taking lessons at about five and I, um, I was doing classical lessons. Uh, and I did classical up until I think freshman year of college. And then that kind of, that kind of dwindled a bit, but that's where I got my start with guitar. And then from there it translated to acoustic and electric and, and whatnot. And I think, I think them buying the nylon string guitar really helped as well, because I know, um, with steel strings, they can be really tough, especially for beginners. So I think that was, also huge but yeah i got started about the age of five and i've been trucking on really ever since well that answers my question because i was listening to some of the guitar work especially on on some of the songs uh, with, that had slide and some lead guitar sounds and being that you don't i don't know if, the, you, if you know this or not but my husband is a guitar player we have a guitar store called the guitar sanctuary so i'm around guitar players and have yeah. been for a long long time and i can definitely recognize some proficiency and your tone and and also i, I knew 
knew you had to be classically trained because some of the some of the fingering and some of the sounds that you get out of it, I I, I just knew it was either you or somebody in your midst that was an incredible player. Um, so. And and also having listened to some of these songs, and uh, we'll talk about it a le- little later. But Poncho's guitar, knowing that there was a history behind, um, you know, your family and and you were brought up around music, I figured there there had to be that too. So tell me about that, and tell me about your dad and your your family, and how um, how did they feel about this, and did they know early on that this journey was going to end up with you playing and and you know and doing this. Um, well, in terms of, uh, in terms of my family, what, what not. So, uh, my parents are both doctors actually. So they, they do, and they run their own practice here in shirts. So kind of have, I guess me ending up this way where I am right, right now. I don't know if they quite saw that. I mean, I, I did tell them early on, I wasn't interested in medicine. So I did tell them that, but, um, I mean, I, the idea was my, I, my parents had signed me up, particularly my mom had signed me up for lessons because they thought that um, it was going to help out, particularly in school with like math and whatnot. Because obviously, sure. especially with classical guitar, you you learn to actually read music and you learn about uh, uh, timing. I mean, obviously, a lot of people they kind of feel it out, and it's just a feel thing. Whereas you know, with classical, there's actually theory that you learn and you and you understand the why, which is kind of odd because I understood a lot of that way later than when I actually learned it. Okay. But, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, the point of it was to kind of help really with school and like, you know, I guess with math and whatnot, since it's a lot of this, since there is math involved, but kind of getting to a point where it was like, no, I can actually do some of this, you know, relatively well. Um, you know, I, I guess that kind of took them a bit by surprise. Even myself, it's like, and, and it's weird because I don't quite, I don't quite remember the all the details of the journey. I remember learning a bunch of stuff. I remember when I started picking up electric guitar and playing, you know, playing some chords and maybe, you know, maybe ACDC or whatever. And then from 10 years old to now, it's all kind of a blur. Like, I don't really know how it all culminated together, but it did some way, somehow. Well, so you, you mentioned ACDC. So tell me, what was what was the music you were listening to and what what drove you towards country music? Well, I had been around country. So like when I was growing up, well, I'll say this. The, the, my early, like my early, I guess, people that I was listening to and some of them being influences, um, it was really rooted a lot around, around blues and blues rock or whatnot. So I was, when I was three, I was listening to Stevie Ray. I was listening to ZZ Top. We were listening to some of the, but... But um, we were listening to some people like Travis Tritt, uh, Marty Stewart. Um, there was some of that. I, I got into you know some of the classics like Johnny Cash and, and Merle and all that a little later on. But in terms of country, like early on, I remember Marty and, and Travis Tritt in particular. Um, so it was there. Um, but I know that my first you know my first true passion it, it was really with blues and whatnot. And then at one point, I was getting into hard rock and, and heavy metal, which I kind of came back to, um, cause you know, like I said, ACDC was one Judas priest. I've actually got into black Sabbath a little bit later on as well, but, um, yeah, it was kind of a mishmash. It kind of all, you know, circled around and came back to something. I, I just, I started doing stuff with country a bit or, or country, country rock. Cause, um, I just kind of wanted to start doing something a little bit different. I, uh, I like I said, I've been doing blues and blues rock for a little while, but I wanted to do something different. And it's really not 
a far jump to get from blues to country because no. there's a lot of similarities. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, I mean, a lot of the chord patterns and, and a lot of that are very, very, very similar. So, um, but I wanted to do something a little different. Well, I, I, you know, it's it. I, I read somewhere where you call it Southern Fried Country Rock. And uh, <laughs> I yeah. thought that was an interesting way to describe it. Well, I want to feature a song called Daphne Blue. And what, uh, what's interesting about this song is it starts out in a way where it's a beautiful country-sounding song. And I'm wondering where you're going to go with it. And all of a sudden, there's this beautiful, you know, stop in the middle. And then, bam, it just hits you with this really cool, grungy-sounding rock that still continues in the same format of what you started in, but it takes you on a trip. And um, I'm sure that that was meant to be because, you, like you said, you're, you're melding this country rock fusion type of sound. Um, tell me a little bit about that song. And I, I'm assuming that you're writing about a car. Yeah, it, it, it ended up being about a car. Uh, what... So I had the music for that, particularly that that riff on there. I had that floating around for a long time. And I had another song that was written out uh, lyrically. But it, like I just kind of wasn't happy about it. Like, it, was like, it was like, eh, it's okay. And I want to say it was around December 2021, like right before, I think it was right between Christmas and New Year's of 2021, when I actually sat down and wrote the lyrics um, that are there now. Because um, what it was is I, I remember... I think my dad was working on the pool and he had a, he had a Steve Earle thing playing. And I think it was Sweet Little 66 was playing, which is also about a car. Right. And I sat there and I'm like, I'm like, what if this song is about a car? And all of a sudden um, I sat down and I think the first things that came out were the very first lines, you know, that she got a big old body, nice big frame. And then all of a sudden after that, it just kind of started falling into place. And when it got to the color, so you, you guys being a, you having a guitar shop and all, um, I immediately thought of the, the Fender custom shop colors because I knew that they were also car colors back in the day. Sure. So I was like, that works. And so I found a picture of uh, all the colors and I was looking and when I saw Daphne blue, I thought about it. I'm like, that works. Meaning like it flows. Yeah. So I kind of stuck with it. And then I was coming up, I was able to come up with rhymes around, you know, with, with the word blue you know, around that song. And it's like, yeah, so it just kind of all fell into place once I was like, maybe this is about a car. And sure enough, yeah, it, it, it worked. Well, it's a it really worked. fun song. I really love it. And I know everybody else is going to, too. So we're going to play it right now. It's called Daphne Blue. If you're just now tuning in, I'm talking with A. Wright um, out of a little town called Shirts. Is that right? What's the population yeah. there? Oh, it's about probably 45, 50,000. Oh, it's grown. It's not a little I town. mean, we. Well, not as little as it used to be. I mean, we've been here since 2006, but uh, uh, yeah, it's grown. It's grown exponentially over the years. Well, I'm glad that I found you, Henny, and I love your music, and I'm glad I get to share it. So here it is, A. Wright, with a song called Daphne Blue, and we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music talk about some more songs he's got and, uh, and some shows, perhaps, that you guys can come and see, because you know that's what I'm all about. I really want to push live music and let us all appreciate what we have to offer right here in Texas. So here we go, A. Wright with Daphne Blue. Got a big old body, nice big frame 
Couple hundred horses to her name Runs every time, tried and true My old Daphne Blue Well, we're back with A. Wright right here on uh, Texas Homegrown Music, and we just played Daphne Blue. Where, um, may I ask, where did you record that, and who, who was involved in it and, and helping you get that out? Yeah, so that was uh, that was done at 512 Studios out in Austin. Um, and and like you were talking about earlier, where it had that kind of you know beautiful, pretty intro, and then it comes in and it hits you. Like, that was definitely something I was going for on that. That was... Um, Rich Bauer uh, out in Austin did a lot of the uh, engineering and production on that, and then Omar Vallejo, uh, who, who owns the studio, helped to do some extra mixing. But uh, well, I yeah, know Rich, Omar and I know uh, Vallejo and I know those cats are very talented. So yeah, I can. Oh yeah, I, I can see why you, you know, where you got that from, and they they put out such a great sound. Yeah, no, they they really do. I actually just got a chance to meet uh, AJ recently as well. Uh, right before New Year's, I got a chance to meet him for the first time. Yeah, I've, I've but, had him uh, on the show actually. Yeah, 
But no, I, I Rich is really cool to work with because um, there are certain things that I'm looking for to communicate, and, and he he really understands kind of where where um, if you tell him like, hey, I'm trying to look for this, I'm trying to do this, like like with Daphne Blue, it's like when it gets to this part, like I really want it to hit. So like when when he has that first snare hit and that song, it's like yeah, it just it hits. It does. It, hits it grabs hard. you, man, and I liked it. It jolted me. I was like, oh wow, where are we going? This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, tell me about this project that you just um, that you just uh, had finished, and you've got several songs that I, I know that um, Poncho's guitar is on it. And uh, tell, tell me, and you did just release release True Love. Tell me about that, and mm-hmm. is that all in the same studio? Um, Poncho's guitar, yes, that was done the same session as uh, as Daphne Blue. True Love, I actually, so I recorded that at, um, that was at Yellow Dog Studios in Wimberley. Okay, well, Um, let's come back to that on segment three then, and let's talk about what you did here, because I want to play, this this next segment, I want to play Poncho's guitar in Old Cletus. And I'd really like to hear some things about that. One one of the wonderful things about you, um, Anthony, is... I, I like I said earlier when I was listening to your acoustic um, set, and then these songs as well. You really have a proficiency in in storytelling, and just you know, you don't try to give us too much that we can't follow you. But um, I, I'm assuming that Poncho's guitar is, a, is. You just said your dad had some guitars underneath your bed. I think you even wrote about that in the song. Yeah, uh, I did. So. Poncho's guitar. That was a that song in particular was an exercise in trying to to write something that did have uh, truth to it. Because a lot of my a lot of the songs I write, um, I try to get in the in the into the mindset and try to get in people's heads and kind of see what they think. So a lot of what I've written may not necessarily be true, but they're good stories or whatnot. Whereas Poncho, there is some some factual stuff about it. So. That, so Poncho's guitar is actually about a, it's a 1974 Martin D28 that's been in our family. My, my great grandfather actually bought it, which, uh, I won't, I won't give away too much of the detail. Well, I try not to, but he's the one who bought that guitar. Um, and like in the lyrics, he bought it at a store called Charles and Mary, which is up in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, which is where my dad and his family are from. And, um, yeah, we've had that guitar ever since. Actually, if you saw the cover art for um uh, for the acoustic album that's the guitar okay which I actually yeah used i did see that yeah which which i actually used that guitar as well for that entire session as well so that so that whole acoustic album all the guitar work is that uh, exact d28 um, as well as being on poncho's guitar well no wonder it sounds so sweet and so beautiful because um yeah you know the, the guys at my store big martin lovers and you know, we, we've we got uh, Luthier and we've got some guys that work on stuff that talk about how those instruments are made and particularly from the, that era and how it's just there's nothing like it, nothing like a vintage Martin that you can copy. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. There's just some things that the only thing that's going to help you get kind of that tone you need is having it age, but not just age like age and, and playing it which is a bit odd because that did sit under you know the bed for a while um in a case but it still sounded great i did have to send it back and i'm glad i did it when i did it i did have to send it to martin in like right before covid to get a uh, a neck reset done on it because it needed it bad but i got it and it was it was so funny because i got it done 
and then literally like months later everything shut down and they they weren't taking anything oh wow at the factory like at all so um i got it done in time and whatnot but they did a great job on getting it back up and running properly and and everything yeah so well that's so cool that you've got that guitar and that you're you know that they thought to keep it and and to to hand it to to give it to you to use and have it's a beautiful thing and somebody that uh, is in the business and and also my husband who he's a big collector of of vintage guitars he's a little bit more into the gibson stuff but um yeah it's interesting how they just have their own sound and their own life and also their own history and uh, not unlike me i mean i'm a vintage clothes shopper and i'm always thinking about i wonder who had this on before and i wonder where it's been and I wonder what the where the, what the journey's been. Um, that's an interesting thing about uh, musicians and and uh, instrumentation, and I'm sure that you can yeah. appreciate it. So that so that's oh, Poncho's guitar, and then also I want to talk about Old Cletus. Yeah. That slide work and the lead part that you play on that is just beautiful. And then of course, I mean, you even I don't know, you're you're just so. Obviously, all of that work and and um, the ten thousand hours that you put in <laughs> that everybody talks about sure did pay off. Yeah, no, it, it. I mean, it took a lot of work, but it. I guess I'm glad where I am on it. <laughs> Tell me about old Cletus. So old Cletus, um, I was doing some work up in San Marcos, and um. Honestly, it got started, and I told a couple people this, it got started as a kind of an exercise where I was like, if I was to write a song for Ray Wiley Hubbard, what would I write? Like, so I kind of got in that headspace where it was something a little, you know, a little strange or a little out there, but, and I was, like I said, I was on the way up to San Marcos, and uh, I started coming up, I think I had like the first, uh, the chorus itself, um, and then by the time I got where I was, I was still kind of thinking on it and I had the lyrics pretty much done and I, and I kind of mold on it and I'm like, yeah, this song is something that needs to be kind of simpler or whatnot. And the, but yeah, it was, it was funny on that song, especially, you know, it starts off with the line, was it old Cletus lives on a hickory stump? And then the very next line, which, yeah, well, um, I've d- digs a, a hole of, when he needs a dump. <laughs> I've gotten some people, well, here's the funny thing about it. This song I submitted it to a radio station in Fredericksburg, and they're like, eh, well, we don't really like the way that you have that there. And I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, there's so much worse that's on the radio oh, today, gosh. lyrically today, in terms of explicitness. And it's like, and we're going to make a deal about that. And, and then on the flip side, I submitted it to the uh, TCMA, because they're doing a compilation thing. And they were like, yeah, this is good. And it's like, all right, well, then there, there we go. But honestly, the only reason that line's there is because I needed something to rhyme with with stump, and I figured, well, if this guy's living in the woods, he yeah. probably doesn't have anywhere to, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So sometimes if the shoe fits, it just well, fits. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because it's a big joke in my family, but I'm always like, you know, I don't know why people just get so hung up on talking about something that we all do every day and it's just a natural part of our bodies and of course you know talk to any doctor that that's what they do and they'll tell you it's a bummer that people have such a weirdness about it but I I actually picture this guy I could see him and you know if I think about it hard enough he could look a lot like Ray Wiley because you know we've certainly seen Ray Wiley look a little surly with his hair long and his beard and you know and I love me some Ray he knows I love him oh yeah 
So I, I actually really do like the song and I really do like your style and I like um, I like your writing. I like your playing. I like your sound. So I took the time now to be able to play two back to back songs for everybody out there to listen to. The first one you're going to hear is Poncho's guitar. And then we're going to follow it up with a double shot of old Cletus. And uh, this is a right. And uh, I'm going to come back with him. We'll talk about some shows that he might be having coming up, but a lot of solo playing. I know you do it you were busy over the weekend doing that and i can see why you're very proficient in being able to play and sing um as i told you i heard just from your acoustic record but now you've got this new record coming out and it's a full studio um sound with lots of instrumentation and it sounds wonderful and i'm so excited that you're gonna put it out there for everybody enjoy but here we go poncho's guitar and old cletus by a Wright, and we'll be right back right here on texas homegrown music Charles and Mary's music store Bought himself a Martin Made in 1974 It hung up on the wall For about three years But that guitar Made music Like no other to his ears He'd take it out Strum himself some tune Across his face to light up the room, played up until the day he passed away. And the music fell to silence for a while, it would stay. I still remember the day I must have been about three. You should have seen the look upon my face I began taking lessons at the age of five By 16 I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life I played everywhere, near and far I owe it all to that guitar
Though I never knew Poncho, I know he's nearby. When I get to picking and letting the notes fly, in terms of his memory, his guitar is all I've got. You see, Poncho's my great-grandfather. And to have this guitar, it's an honor. Means a lot. Well, we're back with A. Wright here on Texas Homegrown Music. Uh, he's got some new music coming out. He's definitely, uh, like you said, you've got, to, have I missed out on something? Because when I looked it up, I saw that you had the acoustic record out. And then, of course, you're getting ready to drop this one. Is there other music out there that I'm missing out on that I don't know about that we need to tell people about? Um, well, right now, the ones that um, <clears throat> the ones that have been recently released and the ones that are getting ready to be released, which some of which... Um, you know, you, you played. Um, that's really all I have at the moment. But I am I'm preparing to get some other stuff done so, uh, soon too. I do have some other stuff on the pipeline that'll be coming out. Well, I encourage you to just release things as a single too, because the way music is today, it's so different than when I was growing up, where you had to put out a record all the time and an LP or whatever. Um, now, um, you know, with with the streaming service, uh, I'm, I'm noticing that people are getting a lot more. Um, they're getting a lot more out of their recordings by releasing, uh, you know, just singles here and there. And, yeah. uh, and so I know you did just release, um, true love, perfect timing for Valentine's. And also, um, I think I told you off the air, that sounds like a song that a lot of people would love to be playing, um, at their wedding. Um, I, so I'm assuming you're a family man. I heard some reference to maybe, uh, and I don't know if you were writing it about yourself or not, but uh, when you the song you wrote called Since I Started Over Again um, made reference to having a family. Are you married with kids? What's your deal? No, no, I'm single. Um, I uh, It's just me uh, by myself. I just, uh, like I said earlier, I uh, I try to kind of get in the headspace of some of, some, you know, some of these people because I know that even though there's a lot of experiences I don't know anything about, I know there's a lot of them out there that others have experience with. So I try to kind of, I try to stay universal with what I write about because there's a lot, and I know that not every time am I going to get it right on the mark with everybody. I mean, but, but I mean, you know, you get certain people here, certain people there with, with certain things that, that people have lived through or, or know or understand. Um, it, it, it would, it helps, but I know that, um, I mean, I know there are certain themes that I have an idea about. Like, sure. I mean, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people that go through, in that case of that song, they'll go through a low time and then, um, you know, they're like, all right, I need to pick myself back up. Start over that. I need to kick yep. this. Yep. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I and I really loved your uh, harmonica work on that. Was that you? On? Um, uh, since I, uh, or no, I'm, I'm sorry. If you could leave, if you leave me. Is that, oh. Yeah, if you leave me, could you please? I love that line. If you leave me, could you please just remember my name? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, 
Well, and I mean, it's I. That's a to me, it's a good line. It's just like, it's like if you don't come back, it's like at least remember me or what or you know. But uh, yes, that is my harmonica playing on it. That is a much rougher version of what I'm doing now in terms of the harmonica because it's cleaned up a little bit. It's still not great. I'm not I'm not a savant at uh, harmonica by any means, but I've learned enough to um, to you know be able to fill some space and not just sit there, you know, strumming a guitar for a couple measures. Well, you know what, as much as we've heard, um, throughout the decades, um, even from people like Bruce Springsteen, it adds a, it adds a different layer of a sound. And it's really not about proficiency to me. It's about the mood and what it does to you and where it takes you uh, musically and sonically. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Some of my favorite people from the sixties and seventies, Oh my gosh, I can hear, you know, a big brother holding company with Janis Joplin. There's some stuff in there that, you know, in the music business we call clams, but actually in my in my mind, I think it's just all about the it's just about feeling. And so it doesn't bother me at all to hear missed notes here and there or something a little off-kilter because you're feeling what's going on in the in the session. Yeah, no for sure. Actually, funny enough about that song in particular. So if you leave me and then the next song on that EP, which was something from nothing. So it was a little sloppy in the recording, but it was good enough where we were able to cobble some takes together for that one. When we did something from nothing, I told uh, Matt Fansteel, who's the engineer and producer for that EP. Uh, and he does a lot of recording out of green, uh, which is where we recorded that EP. Um, I said, hold on, I want to try something. And I got a, I got the harmonica brace that, you know, that goes around your neck so you can play in it. And I was like, let me just do this. And I've recorded something from nothing with that thing around my neck. So instead of holding the harmonica in my hands, I, I, ha I put it around my neck and I found it was actually a lot like I played it a lot better. And I think part of it is because I was more familiar with, you know, playing and singing rather than just having it in my hands by itself. Right, right. Um, because so, playing out that, live, that's what you would do, right? You would, because you're playing right. guitar. Right, exactly. And so I found like by not having my hands on it and having a second guess, by just putting it around my neck, it actually kind of cleaned up playing. So that, that recording is a lot cleaner in terms of the way the playing is. But it was because I put that around my neck. And I've done that a few times. Um, and, but you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm familiar enough. I don't have to do it all the time, but I've done it a few times if, uh, the recording's not cutting it. Well, um, so can we tell people where they may be able to see you in the next coming weeks? And certainly you guys, um, I was able to find them pretty readily on, um, all of the streaming platforms, of course, Apple music and Spotify, but I encourage you to go to his website. I encourage you to buy anything that he has. Certainly, um, you know, we get a little bit more money if you do it that way, but, um, I know that uh, you've got some solo shows that you do, and I'm I'm sure you have some full band stuff too. But do you have some things coming up that you can share with people? I do. So, the next uh, upcoming stuff coming down the pipeline, uh, particularly later this month or or next month, I do have a solo acoustic show at the Rustic in San Antonio on the second of February. It'll be six to seven thirty. I'll be at a Alamo Beer Company with the full band. That's also in San Antonio on the 3rd of February from 6 to 9. Uh, I, I know I'll be doing a couple of full band shows uh, as well. Like here's another rustic one with the full band, 9.30 to 11 on the 24th of February. Um, I'll be doing some stuff in Marble Falls. Here's a show here. 
solo. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if that's solo or a band yet, but that'll be music on Main six to nine out there in Marble Falls. No, that's Inferno a fun Pizza. area, and that's a cool that's a cool festival too. I'm familiar with it. So yeah, um, actually, I'm wearing right now. I got a Fiesta Jam shirt on right now. I don't know if you know John Arthur Martinez, but uh, he's the one who put that on. Awesome, and, uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to do the show with me, um, Anthony, and for sharing your love for music and sh- um, to everybody out there. And I'm excited for you about this new record that you're dropping, full band sound. And um, and I hope to see you up in our neck of the woods sometime up here in McKinney, um, Texas. I'll, I'll definitely put you on my list and see if we can't place you somewhere because I, I really, really dig you and I dig your sound and I dig your vibe and I hope I get to see you live. So you guys be sure to check it out. That's Anthony Wright, A Wright, um, for any streaming or anything you find it. And is it A Wright Music? How do they find you, uh, your website? Is it just A Wright or A Wright Music? Uh, For my website, it's www.awrightmusic.com. Yep, that's what I thought. Uh, All right, awesome. Well, we're going to play a beautiful song. Um, I think it's perfect for this time of year called True Love. And it's it's one where I said I could really appreciate your your voice and just how easy it sounds for you to sing um, this beautiful ballad, and uh, and I just appreciate it so much. So thanks a lot for being here, and I hope to to see you out in a in a live audience sometime. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You got it. All right, we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music right here with Maylee Thomas. But right now, Anthony Wright, A Wright. True love. True love, such a simple thing, an easy game to play, such a hard one to win. You could spend a lifetime Looking for the one you're in search of Have an open mind And clear sight line You just might find True love
It's more than papers Vows and a ring If it could only always be that way The world would be a happier place I could say Have an open mind Clear sight line You just might find True love Though the times may change And the colors fade to gray If the feeling remains the same That is true love
So that's a song called uh, Texas Man by a band called Sour Bridges. And they call themselves, they're at, they're at Austin, Texas. They call themselves a brown grass band, which is like bluegrass, just a little dirtier. <laughs> I really dig their sound and I love their um I love their vocals, so I'm hoping to have them on a stage here pretty quick and I'll be able to tell you guys all about it. I'm also going to have them um, on my show, so you guys be sure to check it out. Sour Bridges out of Austin, Texas. Well, there you go. Another show um, with another Texas artist that I didn't know about that's been around, A-Wright. What a nice guy and what a cool cat he is and great guitar player and pretty pretty darn good singer and songwriter too so I hope you guys enjoyed that show as much as I did and I I hope you enjoy every week I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to what we have to offer out of uh, Texas as far as artists go and I'm just blown away at how many there are out there that I didn't even know about so uh, we'll continue to try and find some interesting people and again I get requests all the time and it's really fun to read so if you guys know about a band that I need to check out just send me an email, Maylee at TexasHomegrownMusic.com, and we'll try to accommodate you. So thanks again to Guitar Sanctuary and, of course, Burris Injury Law for making this possible. Peace out, everybody. Have a great day. I hope you guys enjoy life. Remember, you got to love it because it's the only journey you're going to know like this. And no matter how you believe, I think it's important for us to understand that our purpose here is to connect with other people and to treat people the way you want to be treated. So see you guys soon. Love life. You get out of it what you put into it. Man.